0: You're listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. 25 years (laughs) right it's it's um so those of you who are still waiting i'm just telling you there comes a a day and a season that god ordains and when he does it's good and in the meantime we have to be patient and that's a word that's like a swear word in churches (laughs) but um really god has made it that his times, his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. But they're high above the heaven, and who can know them? Yeah. And so, hang on. And I have a title for the message I'm going to share with you this morning. It's my message. It's, it's one that God's given me that I, I can't get away from. It's been with me for a long time, but it's always fresh. And it's called, This Isn't the Place to Quit. This isn't the place to uh, quit. And if you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, and we're going to start with verses 1 through 9. And as you look that up, I'm going to just start reading it to you. And Elijah, the Tishbite, I mean, if you can say Tishbite? <laughs> tishbite. How would you like to be from Tishbite? I like Victoria better. Uh, of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be any dew nor rain these years except by my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and you shall command the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, and which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord said, came to him and said, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a win- widow there to provide for you. So he went and he arose and went to Zarephath. And I'm going to stop there for right now. I want you to get in your mind a picture this morning of this man named Ahab, or, uh, sorry, Ahab who was this really mean, vile king who was out to uh, annihilate. annihilate. <laughs> Thank you. See, this is going to be a part- participation morning this morning, and you'll have to help me. And he was out to kill everybody who wasn't with him. And here's Elijah. Do you know that this is the first time in the Bible that Elijah is talked about? We know him as a great prophet, but this is the first time it's recorded anything about Elijah. And so here's this unknown man, wasn't known as a prophet. Have You guys noticed everybody today has a title in front of their name? Right, it, it, they, they were ju- just JoJo last week, and today they're an apostle or a prophet or whatever. And, and I just don't do titles, so I always just smile. But Elijah was a no one. He, he was completely unknown. He didn't have any references that went before him to King Ahab. But he heard the Lord and here this nobody went to the king of a nation and said, because of my words, he, he, he doesn't even introduce himself that the Lord called him, anointed him. He went to Bible college, and that's why he could speak to him. He just went to him and said, because I'm speaking these words, there will, saying these words to you, until I say differently, there will be no rain in your land. I want to encourage some of you to spend enough time with God that you hear what he's saying. Because the church today needs people who hear what God's saying. And now I want to give you something a little, um, this one's at no charge. (laughs) None of it's at a charge, but um, it's, For us today, because we live thousands of years later, we need to not be the one who thinks that we can just go out and start a great ministry. We need to be people who have people we're in submission to. And we don't go out unless the people we're submitted to actually bless us to go. That's a good word, Gloria. Gloria. That, that's a good word, Gloria. You see, because I've been in the church long enough and in the ministry long enough to know that some people have have walked away from God because people thought they were anointed. And they went and they spoke things and it caused people to stumble. And, and I don't like that. And, and then they disappear and we don't see them again, but they've caused an incredible amount of damage. I'm going to encourage you this morning, don't do that. Just, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Just don't do that. You, you have amazing um, Caleb and Telsey and the other leaders in this church. Talk to them. Believe that God's given them wisdom to, to, to help you know whether or not you should do this now or whether you should do it later. And, I, and I'm telling you that because I've had to walk that. I've known since I was a little girl that God had his hand on my life. And as I began to know what prophetic was, I knew that I had a prophetic call in my life. I also knew that I was going to go to the nations um, with the word of God. But I didn't see any of that until I was in my 40s. And I think the first time I was prophesied over, I was like six. But it's, it's like, wait your time. But now we need to talk about Elijah. Elijah. And and so he declared that there was no water going to come. And then the Lord sent him to this place called the brook Cherith. And and that sounds wonderful. He got to go by a nice brook. Unless you look up the word Cherith. And Cherith means a place to be cut. So here he'd he'd, he'd given the word of the Lord to the king of the nation. And then God doesn't send him on a worldwide cruise. He doesn't even send him to a spa. He sends him to a brook called Cherith, which means a place where he would be cut. And then he had the ravens feed him. Why not doves? Have you ever thought, like, why not doves? Doves represent the spirit of God. But he didn't have doves take him food. He had ravens. And I'm going, here is God who's got this man who's done what he said, and he gets an unclean bird to send him food and drink. And I want you to know that when we follow the things that God has asked us to do, that God just might surprise us and supply for us in a way we don't anticipate. Right? And if you are only willing to eat the food that dove. Bring you, you'll go hungry because God sent ravens. And again, it's to show us that God doesn't do things our way, He does them His way. So if you're a person stuck in what ways you think everything should go, and who should speak to you, and who will prophesy over you, and who can do this and who can't, you might not be getting food. And, and and you need food to eat. Right now, listen to children. Listen to children. If you're wise, you will get any child that you know might know God. And ask them to put your, their hands on you and pray for you. Because there is an impartation right now on the earth for children. It's... um just the way that it is. And then here we are with Elijah again, and the brook dries up. So he went before the king. He got to the brook Cherith. The ravens fed him. And then the brook Cherith, which stands for, by the way, the brook, stands for the spirit of God. So the spirit, the the brook dried up. There was no sense of the spirit of God with him. He was eating unclean food, our food from an unclean source, and he had no living water to drink from. And that's what happened to him after he delivered one of the most powerful words on the earth. And some of you need to know that, that you have done what God's called you to do. And today, if you're looking like what's going on, you need to go back to Elijah, spend some time there, and go, this happened to the most renowned here over 6,000 years later, 5,000 years later, and his name is remembered. You're thinking you're not getting recognized, but sometimes we got to go through the hard stuff. So then the brook dries up, and again, God sends him Not to a really comfortable place. He says, Elijah, I want you to go to Zarephath. Now, what you don't know if you don't ever research what's in the Bible is that Zarephath was 160 kilometers away from the brook Cherith, and that was all desert. So the brook dries up. He's got to go to Zarephath, and he has to go through a desert. And I really believe that right now in Victoria, we know that this move is coming, but right now in Victoria, where the church at large is still in the desert, dry. dry, feel like you're chewing on sand, wondering when you're ever going to experience the Lord again thinking, how, how am I going to get through this? I just go through the motions because I've been trained and taught to go through the motions, but I feel absolutely nothing. I'm just dried and, and parched, and all I see in front of me is more desert. I want to tell you this morning, this isn't the place to quit. It's not the place to quit. God never sends you in a direction that he will not supply for you. But some of it is that you got to go through a desert. Do you know why we have to go through deserts? They build character in us, they build character in us that nothing else will. We have ha- had two grandsons go to heaven, that was really hard it was gut-wrenching it was soul tearing it was physically uh, i felt at times like i couldn't move and i couldn't talk and all i could say is i will be like david even though you slay me i will praise you no matter what is taken i will praise you and see that's what we have to learn how to do in the desert. What's happened a lot in churches in Victoria because of decisions over the last three years, there are so many people not going to church because they didn't know about a desert yep. and that it wasn't a time for clappy, happy, happy, clappy, clappy. right? It was a time, and it's still today a time, where we need to find God, and we need to pray, and go, I don't get this, I don't understand this, but I will trust you, and you will fulfill every word that you've ever said, because you are good, and you are true, and you are faithful. We have to remember that he's good. We have to remember that no matter what it looks like, he will do what he said he will do. And I know this one's for you guys. I know it deep inside of you because I know what God wants this church to look like. Um, And I haven't run this by um, Caleb or Chelsea or anybody else. So let me just put this in here. If I say anything that contradicts you guys, just tell them not to listen to me, okay? All right, because it's their house, it's theirs and the leader's house. I'm just a visitor, so I'm speaking from being who I am and not a a member of this family. And so I I totally leave myself to be corrected, and for you to speak to your church and tell them, yeah, like she's she's really sweet. We love her, but (laughs) Um, so during this desert season. You might be asking yourself questions. You might have a husband who loses his job, or he leaves you, or she leaves you. Kids in trouble. For me, both of my daughters as teenagers came to me just a year apart from one another, and they were pregnant. And thank the Lord because I didn't put into them all of what I know now I wish I would have but I did teach them the value of life and so when the men that are the fathers of my grandchildren said to them go get an abortion they went oh no I don't believe in this and I just go glory hallelujah glory hallelujah got to got that one right <laughs> got that one right. And, and because I got that one right, we have three amazing grandchildren that I thank God for on a daily basis. But the deserts can look like different things depending where you're at and what's happening in your life. What, what is something that you're going through right now that's got you feeling abandoned, alone? Uh, nobody cares. You can't hear God. I want to tell you this morning, don't quit, because you're in the desert. You're in the desert, but just like seasons, it will not last forever. It will not. And Victoria will have revival. Victoria will have revival. No demon in hell or human being can stop it, because he's going to have revival in Victoria. That has been the prophetic word over this place for as long as I remember. And God's not a liar. He's not a liar. He will do what he says he will do. He is faithful. He, he is so incredibly faithful. And um, just make sure you don't go into any doubt. You don't have to trust humanity. Trust God. He hasn't left you. He, he will do what he said he's going to do. And you have to remember this is not the place to quit. After um, he'd been through the brook, the ravens, all that sort of stuff, and then got, and he walked through the, the desert, he came to this place called Zarephath. And I, because of time, I'm going to just tell you if you keep reading in chapter 17 of 1 Kings, you'll find that he went to a widow. She didn't want him to stay at her house. But he said, Could you please just make me a little bread and, and let me stay at your house? And And the widow said, yes. You have to understand the significance of this. This is a Jewish woman who was having a stranger stay at her house. This was a big deal. And then he asked her to make him a little bit of bread, something to eat. And she said, but I only have this little tiny bit of flour and oil, and it's just enough so my son and I can eat it, and then we're going to die. ever walk into a challenging ministry situation somebody that is just going to eat a little bit of bread and die and yet God sent you to her house and you're asking her for that food see God knew what he was doing Elijah was simply being obedient sometimes you just need to be obedient even though it looks crazy, even though it feels crazy. Can you imagine being him, seeing this widow with her son, and she's only got enough for one piece of bread that they're going to share, and Elijah asks her for it? I want you to know that you never know when God could put a prophet in your doorway. You, you might think he's a, a beggar. You might think she she's just got such a bad reputation. But here, this woman made Elijah some bread. And then he ate the bread, and again, the glory did not come. There was no great thing that happened. Exactly what happened next was that the widow's son died. How would you like to be the widow? And how would you like to be Elijah? Here this woman had given her and him all that she had to eat. And instead of having the blessings of a prophet come into her home, her son died. See, so we need to make the, the word of God real. These were real people. This was a real widow who had a son. And she gave the prophet their last food. And then her son died. But good on her, she said, look, I gave you everything, and now my son died. <laughs> See, God doesn't even mind when you do that. He, do, he doesn't mind when you don't like what's gone on. And I, and then it says here in, later in um, chapter 17 that Elijah went upstairs, and he laid himself on the dead boy. Just a side note. We all want to see people raised from the dead. Would you lie on a dead person and put your eyes with his eyes, his nose with his mouth where your mouth is? Like, um, think about that. But he did that, and he breathed into the boy's mouth. And he did it one time, and the boy was still dead. And he did it a second time, and the boy was still dead. This wasn't the place for him to quit. And some of you, I want to tell you this morning, you have tried doing what you thought God called you to do, and you've tried again doing what you thought God told you to do, and you quit. And I'm calling you this morning to come back to life. And remember the promises that God has in you and for those around you, for this city, this province, and the nation. You need to come back to life. You need to. Because the third time that Elijah laid down on him and and hooked himself so he's right in line with the boy, and he breathed life into that boy, that boy got up. He got up. And I'm prophesying this over our city, that we're laying on you, city, for the third time, and it's time for you to come alive in God. It's time for resurrection. You see, this is the first time in the Bible that someone was raised from the dead. It was just the beginning, and we need to have a beginning we need to have a, a beginning where we see people raised from the dead. We need to see people instantaneously delivered from drugs. We need to see people get out of drugs and, and not be homeless and have a life and have a productive life and one that they can rejoice in and their family can rejoice in. It is time for the church of Christ to be an alive church that causes resurrection to happen every place we go whatever we're doing, whoever we're with, that we understand that the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us and he wants to use us to transform this city and this nation. It's not the time to quit. Those of you who have just learned in the last couple of years, you just go in front of the TV, watch TV, so that you pass the time away because you can't handle everything that's been going around. To so those of you who have actually shut off your minds, where you've shut it all off, you're, you're just in robot mode. You're just doing the motions. You're just moving around. You're saying the right things when you need to say them. You're moving like a robot, and you have absolutely no life in you. I am saying to you, <laughs> repent. Just repent and say, God, I'm so sorry but I forgot that you are the son who died for me, Jesus, and that if I can repent and actually bear my soul and sin to you, that you will fill me with your life, and I will have resurrection life in me so that every place I go, there will be resurrection life. I want to ask you, are you ready for it? Do you want it? Okay, so Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we repent for our sin. We repent for being lukewarm. We repent from being so eye focused that we forgot about you and your kingdom. Would you come now, God, and, and cleanse us from our sin and wash us and wash us and wash us, God, that we can be implements for you, that we can actually be people who pray for people and see people healed, people delivered, people born again, people alive in you. God, I pray that there would be revival that comes because we have learned not to quit and we've learned to keep going because like Elijah and that little boy, that boy lived and continue to live, that we would live and continue to live and that everyone that we know would begin to live abundant life, that we would leave the death behind us and come alive and be the people of God to your glory, God, to your glory, to your glory, God. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca